0: Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Veritas Road Podcast. Before we get to the fun, we just wanted to introduce you guys to our new partner, FNX Fitness.
1: Yeah, I've been having trouble sleeping for about two years now, and we don't have to get into why, but I've picked up some FNX Relax Sleep Aid. Um, It's got some ashwagandha, some melatonin, all kinds of good stuff that'll help you drift off to sleep. Uh, Take one of these and sleep on a flat surface, and I guarantee you, your sleep's going to improve.
0: Yeah. I mean, I tried out two of those before I handed them off to you, and it was fantastic. Um, And I've been using their Refuel Protein Powder, which is delicious. I've been using their chocolate malt flavor. It's really good. Dissolves super well in milk, almond milk, water, whatever you want to use. And it's great for recovery. I've been using it post-workout for about a month now. Um, And it's worked out super well. It's got a good whack of protein in there, some branched-chain amino acids. It's good stuff. Um, and they sell a full line of fitness supplements, sleep aids. Um, they even have a new CBD line coming out as well as some uh, some clothing as well. So um, you can go there for all of your fitness needs, really.
1: Yeah, you're, you're, if you're already using this kind of stuff, we could appreciate um, helping us out, helping the show out, helping um, FNX out, and helping yourself out. It's a win-win for everybody. If you use the uh, discount coupon or whatever at checkout um Veritas Road fifteen, you get fifteen percent off of whatever you're buying.
0: Yeah, all lowercase Veritas Road fifteen, you get fifteen percent off. So I mean who doesn't like who yeah. doesn't like
1: fifteen percent Yeah we'll we'll put that link in the show notes slash description of wherever you're watching or listening to this show.
0: Yeah guys so thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Veritas Road Podcast. I'm Carson, back here with Murph, finally. Uh, Murph, what's what's going on, man?
1: I closed on my new house, so I'm now a slave for 30 years and reading this house eternally from the county of Murray forever. So that's You say that on.
0: literally every time I ask you about your house.
1: Well, it, it cannot be emphasized enough. But that's what's going
0: on with me. Okay, so moving on to less depressing stuff. Uh, we're, we're joined tonight by, um, you could call it a special guest, uh, my older sister, Amber. Uh, she's a doctoral student in an undisclosed school somewhere in the United States of America. Um, <laughs> majoring in English literature of some kind, right? I should be a better brother <laughs>
1: and know what... Yeah, you should know that, that man. man. It's
0: your yeah. Sister.
2: yeah, 19th century British literature.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Things you should know, dear sir.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I read yeah, Charles, Charles Dickens, man. I love Dickens. <laughs> is, is he in that
1: time frame?
2: Yes. <laughs> yes.
3: That's Total like the quintessential
1: 19th century British literature is Charles Dickens. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. he, he, is he is one really of good. the images people think of when they think of Victorian London.
1: Didn't he like fool around
0: with one of his relatives, though, or something, right?
2: Possibly his wife's sister,
0: that's what I thought. Okay, I told somebody about him the other day, and I, I got the relation wrong, but I knew, had, I knew he had done something like that.
2: Yeah, thankfully, I don't think it was a actual genetic relative, but his wife, whom he treated exceedingly poorly, um, her sister sided with him after the divorce, so she continued to live with her brother-in-law and possibly had benefits. Sexy sexy sexy. Ah, I see. That's one of the rumors I don't know the accuracy benefits of that. Benefits
1: in italics yeah.
2: with an
3: asterisk.
1: <laughs>
0: Fringe
3: wink, benefits, wink. as they say.
1: Okay,
0: so you're you're getting your doctorate in 19th century British lit. Mhm. Um, how's that going in 2020?
2: <laughs> well, it's definitely a challenge. Um, I did start off the year in class attending physically in person and then of course spring break hit and everything changed
0: yeah yeah i was still in school at that point and we left for spring break and then never came back which was just like super awkward because i was moving at the whole time i probably called you about it like every day to complain (laughs) but i was moving at the time and like we didn't have internet we didn't have anything for like two weeks which Mm. in college time without internet that's a long
2: that is a long long time.
0: time um so yeah i mean that was a rough period of time kind of tell us about your experience during i guess what is it the spring of 2020 right that we're talking about
2: yeah yeah that would be spring 2020 or some cool schools will call it like the the winter uh session so take your pick but but
0: it's in the springtime also known as eight months ago
2: yeah yeah i mean it starts in the winter though you know january okay fair enough so important details um I mean it started off normal right and i as a phd student i have the benefit of having this experience both from the perspective of a student and a teacher yeah so i started hearing about the virus from one of my students long before anyone was talking about it long before i heard about it in the news about can uh, on campus anything along those lines and you know the way i heard about it was this is happening in my home province my family might be affected I've been really nervous and upset lately. This is why my project is late. Can you give me an extension? And I did a little bit of fact checking. I said, sure, go ahead. Got to have those
1: fact checkers now,
2: right?
1: I know. I I, I need to show you something about that. Remind me. Fact checkers. (laughs)
2: Uh Oh. (laughs) But, I mean, I didn't spend much time on it, but it it is smart to sometimes make sure that your students on things that big are are kind of being legit. Um, Right, right. And so I found out about it, but I thought, okay, it's a contained thing. It is literally a world away. And then, of course, as the weeks go by, the news starts picking up and we start hearing about it everywhere from everyone all the freaking time. And thankfully, I was already comfortable teaching online and even taking classes sort of online. So the transition was not as hard for me as others, but it still sucked.
0: I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, for a PhD student in literature, much of what we do is heavily dependent in our learning environment on active, critical discussion in class. You read like three to 500 pages a week. Which is a heck of a lot.
0: <laughs> I don't think I read that much in a month anymore.
2: <laughs> that
1: sounds fun to me, believe it or not.
2: I mean, part of it is. it's There's actually a bit of a rush to it when you yes. know you have to get through uh, one of Dickens' novels that's like 900 pages long. And you've got to get through 450 pages of that that week, 50 pages of scholarly reading, and another 50 pages of Pickwick all in one week. Yeah, and you've yeah. got... Five to six hundred pages of reading assigned for one class. The
1: scholarly reading, not so much fun. But the novel, I would love that.
2: Mm-hmm. I even enjoy the scholarly reading. Super nerd. This well, that, is why I do That's why did. you're
1: getting your PhD. <laughs>
0: this <so>. is why. <laughs>
2: that's
0: why you have a PhD and none of, no it's one accurate. else here does. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I'm working on it.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> so, yeah, there is kind of a rush to having that much on your plate when you know you can handle it. And most of the time, I, I know I can't.
0: A, ru- a, r- a rush.
2: I mean, nerd rush, maybe.
0: That makes more sense. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
2: there's there's definitely an adrenaline response to that pressure of getting it all done.
0: Uh, okay, okay. Because
2: you got to remember, I was also teaching two classes at the time. And oh that was gosh. the reading for one of my two classes that I was taking.
0: So you you were teaching and taking two classes. Mm-hmm. So four classes in total.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. While everything is going... To hell in a handbasket.
2: Yeah. With rockets on. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds terrible. I mean, you get used to it. I had classmates and and peers who would be stressed out and sleepless and in tears over it. And yeah, I was frequently sleep deprived, but I'm also a non-traditional student. I'm older than most of them. Yeah. I know when to just look at it and be like, oh, screw it this is not getting read. And I even had an office mate who on occasion, we would show up and be like, I didn't finish reading this. Did you get it done? Yep. Here's the download," And we would trade information a little bit. That's even how I got through my master's program. Like when we knew we couldn't get through the reading assigned, we all parsed out uh, sections of the reading, and then we'd come together and report to one another on what happened?
0: So, I mean, what did that, what was that like in the midst of everything falling to bits around you? I mean, you have what sounds like a tremendous workload. If you're having to read, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't do the math earlier, but like 600 pages a week or something crazy like that, mm-hmm. plus teach, plus actually be a student and listen to your professors. I mean, what was that like while we're shutting down, we're cutting off all human contact?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, as someone who is an introvert, It wasn't as bad for me as it was for a lot of other folks. I no longer had to find a parking space on campus, walk a mile across campus between where I park and uh, get to my office or where I teach. And so in some ways, just staying at home saved time. But on the flip side, you eventually hit a point where you've got so much of that time, you're like, so I'm not going to study right now. I'm going to go binge watch something and just stream for the next four hours. And you lose motivation and conversations on Zoom get awkward. Not so much when dogs and pets and cats intrude, because that's always kind of cute. And it actually lightens the moment of class time a little bit. But when you can hear someone's kid screaming in the background or their parents talking in the kitchen a little awkward yeah it gets awkward quickly where somehow someone suddenly unmutes themselves and you're like i don't know whose family conversation we are hearing right now and recording for posterity to post for all of you to watch again later but please mute yourself
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's
0: fair
2: yeah so you're you're suddenly privy to potentially very private aspects of people's lives and that's uncomfortable
0: that's something I hadn't thought about, is that seems to be almost a little bit of an, an invasion of people's mm-hmm. privacy. Like, instead of having class in a classroom, you're now inside somebody's home, more mm-hmm. or less.
2: Yeah. You are in their protected space, and you are now part of their existence that should otherwise be closed off from your presence. Um, as a student and as a teacher, I consciously chose to be in my living room, or once I came back to Tennessee, usually in mom's basement, but I tried to be out of kind of like private family spaces. Yeah. Um, but then I had students who were still laying on their bed, still obviously, or fairly obviously, in their pajamas. And as a teacher, it's kind of a bit of, oh, all right that's my student's bedroom that's all right that's nope okay
3: feel a little dirty
0: a little dirty
2: (laughs) i would not say that but i did definitely feel a little uncomfortable
1: (laughs) that's fair you look like you have something to say i just think that with all this zoom going on i know from my limited experience with all that like you just can't get the same kind of interactions with people Mm -mm. like you were talking about the motivation just like it just it's probably well below half. Mm -hmm. Like, there's probably the select few that can still power through it, but Mm -hmm. I'd be like, Zoom, I don't have to go to class. I just play this in the background, and then I'm doing something else. Mm -hmm. And you can't get the same connections with people, no matter what your subject is, but especially if you have to sit there and talk about 400 pages of of Mm 1800s literature, you know. Mm -hmm. That's just my thought on that. Yeah, I mean, talk a little bit about that. So,
0: obviously, the educational experience last semester and I assume this semester, mm-hmm. um, this past semester has changed. I mean, you're a teacher and a student, so how has the actual educational experience changed in the way that um, it affects students and teachers? Is it Can you teach as effectively online? Can you mm-hmm. learn as effectively online? What's that like?
2: My answer to both of those questions is no. I do not think that for the vast majority of people, online learning is anywhere near as efficacious as in-person learning. And in fact, I would dare say most of my students would have said the same thing this semester. And that's after several of them kind of either either in one-on-one meetings or in emails or even on end of the semester uh, surveys were like, thank you for all that you did. Good job. I mean, my survey results were actually really good this semester. So clearly I did something effective. But most of them were still like, this Was this would have been so much better if I could have seen you face to face. I wish I could have been in the classroom. And some of them were more than willing to come to the classroom at the start of the semester. But then maybe like a roommate would say, if you're going to campus, I'm moving out and leaving you with a rent. Seriously? I am dead serious. Had a student email me before the semester even started and said, I can't afford to pay the full rent for this place. But my roommate has told me they will leave. If I go to campus. Oh, my gosh. hmm So very quickly in a class that, as I was supposed to teach, it was supposed to be 50% on campus, 50% online, quickly became online only. Because they were terrified to show up, even with safety precautions.
0: Jeez. <laughs> mm-hmm. That... That blows my mind. How do you say that to your roommate? I assume they're friends. Like, oh, by the way, if you do X, Y, Z, eh, you're going to be screwed. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> uh,
2: well, I mean, considering a big institution where a lot of them actually aren't housed on campus, I bet a lot of them get stuck with roommates they don't know even in apartments.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that's a pretty big assumption to assume they're friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, some. I'm sorry, guys. uh, I mean, (laughs) uh, yeah, Invisible Connor over there met his roommate like off the internet, right? Like, I'm sure that exists on every big college all across America. People just need somebody to live with, and then you get stuck with somebody. So, Mm -hmm. like a new girl, not to dive. Yeah, probably not exactly (laughs) uh, that kind of situation.
2: A little less adorable wackiness. That's
1: true. (laughs) That's true, and uh, probably no coach involved. But
3: coach. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, what has teaching
0: and learning on campus been like? What little you've done? What's that been like over the past, what, eight months?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, Actually going to campus for about the first two weeks of this semester It was a ghost town. It was actually almost uncomfortable walking across campus because I was used to, again, it's a mile from where I park to where my office is and where I teach. I was used to passing tons of people at at certain moments of the day. It was almost like a crush of a crowd. You're standing um, at the the streetlight waiting to cross with 20 or 30 other folks. There was a crowd of people that you would have to navigate, and this fall five or six not just in that one stopping area to cross the uh the street at the light but like in the commons you might run across a dozen folks instead of a few hundred
0: that sounds so eerie
2: it kind of was there was a slight creepiness to it at seven thirty in the morning broad yeah. daylight beautiful weather gorgeous campus and you're kind of like, I don't know if I feel comfortable here because nobody else is here.
1: Yeah, I can relate to that because I during the start of all this, I lived at CA where we went to high school, and mm. like I would walk outside and like w- one o'clock on a Wednesday, and there's nobody.
3: Mm-hmm. It was like,
1: what's going on here? It's not summer break. It's still cold, and mm-hmm. there's no one here. It's very, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. Very strange. No cars. No, no, nothing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, some pretty intense cognitive dissonance when you're like, this is a place of culture and education and interaction where you build the memories that are supposed to last you a lifetime, and I talked about that with my students, too, this semester, and suddenly it's a ghost town, and there's not anyone to interact with. There's not a cultural experience.
1: Yeah, how are you going to build memories of a lifetime over a Zoom
2: mm-hmm. camera? <laughs>
1: right.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Very bizarre. Mm-hmm. That's another thing we could talk about is just the whole... Uh, destruction not not destruction the disassembly or the, the traditional college experience mm-hmm. yeah like, like i know my brother going like going into this is just absolutely different and is mm-hmm. it gonna i don't know is that gonna be the new norm mm-hmm. i don't want to say normal but oh, is man. that gonna is that gonna you know yeah is that like i don't know i mean that's a fair question is this online stuff gonna just last even after all this is over because it's a lot more gosh I hope it's not. probably a lot cheaper
3: Mm
2: -hmm. for a
1: lot of people. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, have you heard anything about
2: that? At least the bigger institutions all intend to be back on campus eventually. And I'm going to emphasize intend.
0: Eventually?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um... But I would dare say some of the smaller institutions, possibly community colleges and things along those lines, obviously not trade schools. they are a lot more hands on. Right. But uh, some of the smaller institutions that were probably already struggling to make ends meet, meet overhead, pay for an expensive campus, building maintenance, insurance, all of that. Yeah, some of them may never go back to being on campus.
0: That's heartbreaking.
2: It is. It's terrible. Um, But I see it as a very real possibility for institutions that realize this is our new normal, and it's a viable possibility to just become an online institution.
0: That's insane. I mean, you hear people talking about, like, restaurants closing and, like, little little local Mm -hmm. businesses closing. You don't think about schools Mm -hmm. shutting down. That... That, that kind of scared me a little bit, just mm-hmm. talking about that right then.
2: Well, you also have to realize that schools shutting down was part of our reality even before this hit, right? Um, reading things like the Chronicle of Higher Education or various other uh, school-related periodicals, every so often I was running across these articles that were saying goodbye to another institution, some of them longstanding standing Institutions. But what uh, basically happens in education, much like in many businesses, if you're not growing, you're dying. And sometimes that growth almost has to be aggressive for you to be a financially viable institution. Wow. And so I was, every so often, due to the economy, due to changes in enrollment and how people view college, I was already. Reading articles about colleges shutting their doors forever.
1: Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I do need to, I don't need to talk about it, the economy, but mm. but I know that uh, even Harding, where my brother goes and where I, I went for a little while, like <coughs> even before all the corona, they had their lowest uh, enrollment in like twenty years or something in two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So it is a changing landscape. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of it is like. The devaluing of the like the undergrad four year college education now that everybody's doing that I mm-hmm. mean it's like a social norm totally expected it's becoming high school really mm-hmm. and totally devalued for a lot of i not that's an extremely general thing for me to say but for a lot of uh, curriculums it's like tell are, me about it why yeah. are we I mean, yeah you can totally speak to that I mean why are we here again you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah for real now I mean I know in my own personal experience like. You know, well, I, I, we've talked. I think we've talked on this show about like my college experience over the past eight years. Um, and uh, now that I'm graduated, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, I spent eight years and like 60 grand on school that I'm going to have to pay back. Yeah. And now I can't find. Work yeah, because yeah. my degree is borderline worthless. You got to go to grad. Everybody school. has one. Yeah,
1: you got to go to grad school. That's the new mm-hmm. college. Yeah, grad school is it the is. new how college used to be.
0: Right. Like yeah. I'm at a point now where if I want to make it in just life in general, not even be su- forget being successful. If I want to make it, I have to go to grad school. To it's crazy. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Connor. I didn't mean to upset you over there. <laughs> but where if I want to <laughs> financially make it in life, I have to go to grad school at some mm-hmm. point, and I imagine that's only gotten worse. During all this. Mm
2: -hmm. So interestingly enough, in the textbook that I use for my composition courses, uh, there is an article which I often end up assigning to my students to read that addresses degree inflation and the fact that. People used to be able to leave high school and get a decent job and be solid and steady, uh, secure with no college debt. Now, granted, they probably had debt of other kinds, but no college debt, no student loans of twenty to forty to sixty thousand dollars just for a bachelor's degree. And now that that's changed. That corona. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, even before Corona, and Corona is probably going to make it worse. Yeah. But over the last few decades we've been seeing that shift upwards and we can even speak to that even as a family experience i mean my dad went to college he did not complete it well he
0: spent like 12 days in school or something like that
2: i think he spent a year or two um i I was under the general impression he actually got close ish to completing but i don't actually know how true that is
0: that's my dad too i wasn't being a jerk i promise
2: (laughs) So, but he did eventually drop out, um, but he was pretty well self-taught hydraulics and pneumatics engineer. And he was good at what he did. I remember him being shipped out to California multiple times from Nashville, Tennessee. They paid to ship him out to California, sometimes for a week or two at a time. To Nashville do jobs. was a small
0: town at that point. Like it wasn't the <laughs> bustling hub that it is now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was when I was a kid. So <laughs> dating myself here, that was about 25 to nearly 30 years ago.
0: Probably closer to 30 because I don't remember that.
2: Yeah, it was before you were born.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's close. I think I that was about like
2: ten at the time.
0: That's about thirty years ago.
2: Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, you can bite me, man.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. That yeah. is absolutely
3: insane.
2: So, Dad was good at what he did. He just didn't have a piece of paper saying that he could do what he did. So, when eventually he got laid off at that job, uh, the next job, thankfully, came along pretty quickly. But it didn't take long before it was like, oh, but you can't call yourself an engineer.
3: Oh, right, yeah. Uh
2: Uh-huh. And there were issues brought up about you cannot call yourself an engineer. You do not have a degree in engineering. And then once eventually that business started to have trouble and laid him off, uh, he couldn't get work again. Nobody would hire him without a piece of paper to prove that he could do what he'd been doing for 30, 40 years.
0: That's crazy. Like, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but it doesn't matter if you Mm -hmm. don't have that. That slip of faith its its absolutely incredible.
2: It's insane.
1: Yeah, that speaks to the broader system as a whole, man. I mean, don't get me ranting about that. It's absolutely—it's mm-hmm. absolute madness. You can have somebody like the most experienced person in the world, like it would just talk about like like homestead farmers who know everything about every single plant in the woods and how to grow everything. But if you don't have a degree in ag from UT Martin, then mm-hmm. who's going <laughs> to listen to anything you say? Like you mm-hmm. can—you can apply that to like any profession.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it's it was bad before the corona, but now with all the online and all the uh, transition, uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty smart. I mean, not to be doom and gloom, but it doesn't appear like it's getting any better. I mean. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What I, can we do about that, Carson?
0: I don't know. I, I, I wish on you. Um, I do want to double back for a second because y'all started kind of talking about like the college experience and how that's mm-hmm. not happening right now. Mm-hmm. How is, how's that, what's that look like for you? Because, like, you're in the middle of, granted, it's not the traditional college experience. Mm -hmm. Like, you're getting your PhD, and you're, what are you, like, close to 40 now. So. um, Unfortunately, yeah. She's 39. Um, I am. (laughs) Happy birthday. Again. Thanks,
2: dear. (laughs) Uh,
0: But in general like how has the college experience changed for these kids that used to be something that's so iconic like you here in high school you're going to mm-hmm. go off to college and you're going to have the time of your life mm-hmm. and it's going to be just so fantastic you're going to meet just lifelong friends and it's going to be incredible and now it's like you're going to sit in your basement with a computer and wait to die Like so like what's how's it happen what's going on
2: so what you just said is basically a conversation I ended up Needing to have with my students this semester. And I didn't realize how much they needed it. I didn't even intend to have that conversation with them. Um, But I realized how apparently helpful it was when at the end of class, a student stuck around on Zoom to be like, thank you. I needed to talk about how stressed I was and how this is not typical and this hopefully isn't gonna last forever. And it actually all stemmed from an article I had them read which kind of talked about like the typical college experience, right? Yeah. You're gonna to go to college for four years. You're gonna meet the people who will be in your wedding and be your best friends forever and you're gonna network and you're gonna get this great job and there's nothing better than these four years. And they're like, oh, this sucks. I'm at home. I'm hanging out my pajamas every day. I can't go anywhere without someone treating me like a suspect. Where have you been? Who have you been in contact with? Let's trace where you've been. Yes. Um, And I stare at a computer screen all day long. And they're like, and some of our professors keep assigning more and more stuff as if that will help us learn when we don't have time to do it because they keep assigning more and more and more.
1: Yes. Plus, I'm $40,000 in debt, and I don't know what kind of job I'm going to get when I get out of here.
2: Mm-hmm. And your education feels even more worthless in that moment when you have no kind of tangible experience to help it con- help it help you connect it to people in yeah. the field. To uh, even just the images that we typically see in classrooms, right, that represent... Hang. It may be a motivational poster of some kind, but it actually represents the field, right? There have even been times walking across campus, you walk through particular buildings, and you see people's projects mounted on the walls, in progress in the classrooms. There is a very tangible, visual, all-encompassing experience. Literally, of just walking through that building and seeing other people's work, seeing other people at work.
0: Right. Right.
2: And you are now denied all of that and it feels like the educational landscape becomes the size and shape of your bedroom
1: that was
3: very I well say, said
1: yeah that was that, that that yeah that i almost cried like twice <laughs> yeah, you don't have to you don't have to get that dramatic on <laughs> I mean, yeah,
3: it i was
0: just you know I, I see why
1: you major in the writing stuff now <laughs> that makes sense
2: thank you
0: you're, you're welcome that I mean that's that that's heartbreaking though because it I is. yeah I remember the first time like I walked into an honest to goodness classroom my first year of college which that was a train wreck we don't have to talk about that but like there was this I don't know there was this sense of significance yes. that was tangible in the room Mhm. It was like okay this is the first day of the next 4 or 8 years of your life. <laughs> And, this, you know, it was just so real and yes, so visceral. And now <clears throat> you wake up and you go, you, you, maybe you walk to a desk
2: mm-hmm.
0: if it's a good day. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: like it's, a, it's crazy.
2: Or maybe you don't even leave the bed in your childhood bedroom at your mom and dad's house. Which sounds kind of nice sometimes. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but all the time sounds awful. Yeah. 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 And so I mean think about that that experience that's been hyped up to that extent for these students. It's easy for me to call them kids. I know they're not kids. So I'm going to apologize now if I slip up and do that. But this hyped up, it's going to be amazing experience and all they get to see is their own bedroom.
3: Yeah.
2: And in it in extension to that is a lack of access to resources. In many ways, for me as a PhD student who my coursework ended in the spring, um, I took four years of course, four years, <laughs> four semesters of coursework as a PhD student. Then I move into study phase and then I do my dissertation. Um, for me, the biggest complication has been not having access to a community of individuals to talk about my ideas with to bounce ideas off of and be like hey we're both reading the same book right now here's this thing i thought is that dumb right (laughs) like just this sometimes with your office mate there's just like this spew of words and you suddenly realize that in that interaction there's your best idea for the paper you write and that paper is what determines whether or not you pass the class. And maybe whether or not you go on to do a presentation, which then determines maybe whether or not you go on to present it, which then gets put on your resume. Or sorry, not present it, publish it. And then it puts on it's on your resume. Uh, and then that resume gets you a job. So what we're looking at is a much deeper issue than what people realize. Not having access, easy access to the library is one problem. Not having easy access to that community of critical thinkers—that's actually much worse.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can speak to a little bit of that at Freed. Just like with, uh, believe it or not, uh, there was actually one professor, okay. one professor that I had who was had amazing like, had amazing life lived. It was Dr. Gardner, mm-hmm. and like, oh yeah. Um, okay. That dude. The dude yes. had like climbed Mount Everest twice. Everything. He was a, like a the CFO of a
0: Fortune 500 company. Like the one person on that campus who actually had something useful. to Yeah, share. there you go.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's part. You're not wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Everybody. fried Harmon University. Gotta love it. Um, but but not being able like to talk to somebody like him. Mm-hmm. Like that's that was half the people took his class not because of what we was teaching because he was teaching the class. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that. Is, is part of the not having access to the resources you need mm-hmm. because you can't, even if the teacher is absolutely amazing, you cannot get that kind of relationship with a professor through a computer.
2: Mm-mm. You can't. You can't. And Zoom conversations are always just a little bit awkward and stilted, and that's assuming that both parties or all parties involved have a sufficient. Internet connection
3: <laughs> Right,
2: uh, made the wise decision to actually look like they cared that day, right? Not obviously be in their pajamas with bedhead. Um, that they can hear you. <laughs>
1: As I <wore> pajamas.
2: <laughs> See, I think it's a perfect yeah. <laughs> college student representation. Murph is
1: wearing pajamas. Yes. I'm yeah. wearing my pajama pants because they're comfy. <laughs> As you were saying.
2: So but I mean, you know, having that that again, that tangible experience. Being in the room with somebody. Genuine eye contact, not mediated through your own laptop, which again, and this is this might sound silly or overly simple to some folks, your laptop's not even going to be positioned at the same distance or in the right position to feel like you're genuinely having eye contact with someone.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, that's always super awkward. Do I, do I look at the camera? Do I look at their face? Yes. Where am I supposed to look during this awkward mm-hmm. interview that I'm having with someone I don't know?
2: Mm-hmm. And then, unless you have like a really good setup, oftentimes folks are either looking up at their laptop camera or down almost towards their lap to their laptop camera. All right. Which, again, just makes it weird. And there's just not much that's great about it.
0: Yeah. It's like, why are you looking at your lap, bro? What's going on down there? Like, <laughs> Let's look somewhere else. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Which is one of the many reasons why, and even though I know, I know for anyone who, who would, you know, say, well, this is part of your problem. I know it decreased participation in my class, but I did not insist that my students had their cameras on.
0: I, I wouldn't either. That's a yeah. hu- That feels like a huge invasion of privacy
3: to me.
2: Yeah, it didn't feel right to be like, I know you're possibly in your bedroom, in your pajamas, or in a room with other people, but you have to show me a space that i would say should remain a private space right right and i know zoom has those artificial backgrounds you can put in the kind of green screen backgrounds but you know those are kind of iffy as to how well they work
3: yeah i feel like it's
0: just kind of weird and distracting
2: mm-hmm.
0: more distracting than seeing someone walking around would be
3: mm-hmm. yeah is
1: that
0: is that fair
3: mm-hmm.
0: dang i mean i think it's
1: all i think it's all crap but yeah
0: <laughs> you're right about that like you can't experience the same connection on i know like you've seen the headlines like together apart or however that whatever they're saying
3: mm-hmm.
0: is that what there's is that what it is together apart or something like that yeah, straight um, out of
1: 1984 man
0: like you know all the commercials are like it's great that we can be together but separate kind of deal mm-hmm. and like that's just not that's never going to be true Mm -mm. you can never experience the same connection online as you can being able to reach out and like touch somebody being able to to feel the heat from their body being able to forgive me for sounding like a hippie but being able to feel their energy in the Mm -hmm. room like we've all experienced that moment when like a speaker gets up to talk or you meet somebody and it's just that like charismatic energy that just reaches mm-hmm. out and grabs you. That's the most common example of that I can think of.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You're never going to experience that in the same way online.
3: Mm-mm.
0: You're never going to experience the energy of the guy who climbed Everest twice. Mm-hmm. You're never going to experience that online. Never going to happen. Yep. Sorry. That, that one bugs me.
2: No, I think you're making perfectly valid points. And as you were speaking, I was thinking of examples both for me as a student when in the spring, we transitioned to online only. Um, And the professors I had online at that point were good. I mean, they were nice folks. I still learned a lot from what was left of the semester online. And it was still a good version of a social engagement when, you know, The rest of the time, I was hanging out in my apartment with my cat, um, (laughs) who's strangely enough, not that great with a social or critical thinking engagement. Um, It's unfortunate. Yeah. So, I mean, there were still some good things happening, but I also knew what it was like to be in the physical class setting with that same teacher, with that same group of students, and it just wasn't the same. Yeah. It was quieter. It was less Active, we were less uh, attentive, right, to one another's body language, because in the physical class setting, you can have moments where, well, kind of like you've been doing with Murph, right? You notice the the more nuanced uh, expressions, or gestures, or postures, movements, etc., and you're like, hey, what what do you think about that? No, yeah. and you can't see that on Zoom because you can just kind of see the little box. Which you may or may not, in that little box, be able to see them clearly. Right. Some folks get up close to their camera, and you can actually see them well. And others, you're kind of like, I know you're in there somewhere.
1: Yeah, some people have crappy cameras, like 200-resolution, 200 200-pixel 200 resolution, can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Can't hear people, Yeah. Mm-hmm. depending mm-hmm. on quality of your mic. So, it's just like, it just throws in all kinds of even more variables on mm-hmm. top of the less connection already. So,
3: yep. yeah.
0: And yeah. I mean, you touched it on, on there on it there for a second but i mean and obviously we've talked about this before but Mm -hmm. uh, the college social life obviously that's a big component of the college experience Mm -hmm. like what's up bro tonight (laughs) dude um i mean what's 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 happened with that you're not a kegger type person no um, you know what's going on socially for these folks because i can't imagine it's you know
1: squat a great time yeah it's netflix hulu that's what's going on socially
2: or uh card and board games somehow via zoom
0: is that even possible
2: i mean i gotta be honest i know there were multiple invitations to participate in that i was disinclined to do so so I did not actually find out how well it went. Uh, those who participated were like, that's so much fun. Because I was in the chat group to yeah. hear about it uh, before and after. Let's do it again. I needed that for my mental health. And all the, ho- all the whole while I'm going like, that just sounds hellaciously awful.
0: That doesn't sound fun at all to me. But yeah.
2: Hard pass. And I think we have to reach kind of a pretty lonely state for a that. To be like, oh my goodness, this is such a relief! Thank you guys for like being humans on a screen, right? That right. I can't touch or feel or really hear or reach. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're pretty darn depressed at that point.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a that's a new low. Mm-hmm. We have got our new normal. That's a new low, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's bad.
2: Um, and I do worry that a lot of social activities will, in the long term stay distanced and that's not good for insanely stressed college students and I'm not gonna say that the undergrad students are not stressed I know a lot of them are they're working their asses off to do a good job especially at higher quality schools right top tier schools they're working hard um and many of them are quite driven so I know they're exhausted but grad school is different. You're more exhausted. You're more stressed. The stakes are higher and your class sizes are smaller. You are more isolated in the first place. And so when you become even more isolated than that, it doesn't get better. Strangely enough.
0: Yeah. That's another aspect we haven't (laughs) talked a ton about is the the mental health piece. Mm -hmm. I mean, I imagine people are just depressed out the wazoo right now.
2: Mm -hmm. I
0: know I, I, As much as people get on my nerves, because people get on my nerves frequently, um, (laughs) I have found that I need that social interaction, Mm -hmm. even as a waiter. Like, there are times when maybe I haven't talked to anybody that day because I've been holed up in my apartment. But I get to work, and talking to these random folks who I have to talk to to convince them to give me money um, is like a breath of fresh air for me Mm -hmm. for that day. And for these kids... If their roommate's threatening to leave, if they go to you know the wherever college students hang at the bar, I guess is that where college kids go. I went, I was in a tiny town for most of college. Um, Yes, definitely the bar the bar or wherever. (laughs) And the roommate threatens to move out. You know, if they go, like, Mm -hmm. what are they going to do? How are they going to take care of their mental and emotional health?
2: Mm -hmm. Because some of them do start to feel not just isolated, but imprisoned. Yeah, captive. And that's all amid, you know, the fear of not only am I going to do well, am I going to learn something, am I going to be able to get the grades I need to get to feel like I did something and not lose my scholarship, not disappoint my parents, not fill in the blank with whatever disaster poor grades would bring. Um, they've also got, you know, health fears, social fears, everything. It's just it's a lot hard time to alive. have on your shoulders. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. And again, we started a class talking about an article I had my students read that was just kind of talking about, I can't remember if it was grade inflation or um, kind of that social contract that's part of the school experience, right? But it morphed into a conversation of what stresses are you guys dealing with right now? What Expectations do your college teachers seem to have of you that you wish they understood what you were going through? And we spent the entire class time. How are you dealing with stress right now?
3: Yeah.
2: What are the unrealistic expectations that your teachers are putting on your plate right now? And how are you doing?
0: <laughs> so, how are you dealing with stress right now?
2: Uh, I drink a lot of coffee.
0: I thought you were just going to say you drank a lot. I drink mean, a lot of coffee. We okay, could say I drank
2: a lot, but that's really just, you know, not true. Specifically, I drink a lot yeah. of coffee.
0: <laughs> okay, fair
2: enough. <laughs> and that's kind of my coping mechanism right now. It is admittedly flawed. <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, <laughs> we,
0: we, can, we can talk about the, the <laughs> nutritional and psychological effects of coffee. <laughs> Does it
2: help that a lot of it's decaf?
0: Maybe a little bit. Okay. I don't know. I mean, how else are you managing? Because, I mean, I obviously (gasps) know, but Mm -hmm. people don't. How are you? I mean, you've been cut off socially from Mm -hmm. uh, the people that you go to school with. Yeah. And so you can't like go out and hang out with friends how are Mm -hmm. you how are you handling all this what are Um, you doing specifically
2: texting people periodically which again is less than ideal it's not a great social deep social interaction it's not satisfying i'm also just not the zoom email person so i'm really not interacting with a lot of people outside of immediate family direct friends people at church um that's my social contact these days, right. which means I am very cut off from the academic community. I am completely cut off from it in many ways. Um, I, I knit, I crochet, I craft. Like, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Audiobooks and crocheting. That is one of my ways of coping because I do kind of hit a point where it's like, I love what I do. I love what I'm studying, but I cannot read this anymore and just sit here on my butt all day. I've at least got to do something if I'm going to be sitting on my butt. Um, And I cook. And I usually cook healthy food, and and I'm a pretty darn good cook. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, to toot my own horn. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I really do have multiple things that help me cope. It's just, it's still not really enough. But thankfully, as an introvert, it doesn't hit me anywhere near as hard as it does a lot of folks who are just forming those connections who haven't learned to be okay with themselves
3: that's a a quiet room yeah
2: yeah that or even just extroverts people who feed off of engagement um it's rough for those guys yeah yeah
1: Man, yeah, you got that right. People who haven't learned to be comfortable with themselves in a quiet room, like <laughs> that hits—that hits close to home, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's
0: difficult. I mean, do you have any? How have you been coping, Merth? I mean, I know your your social life hasn't been quite what you wanted it to be um, over the past couple of months. Yeah, what have um, you been doing to cope? We
1: talking about coping mechanisms. Well, I've gone back to work, so that's helped a lot. Yeah, uh, even though. Uh I, I that's all I need to say about that. I've gone back to work. <laughs> okay. Um uh church. We're starting to have church again, so that's helped a lot. Um I don't know. Does that answer your question? I mean, really, I'm kind of living my life pretty much normally. Okay. So not much is, not enough has changed um, for you to need to seek out other outlets. Yeah, not sure. now. Like, it was real bad in, in March and April and May when everything was completely shut down. You couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, now they've they've opened stuff back up, and maybe there's some craziness or not that's still involved in that, but at least you can go do stuff. All right. At least in where we live in Tennessee. Yeah, we're kind of lucky here, mm-hmm. it seems like.
3: Man...
0: That's some heavy stuff. I mean, it's hard.
2: hmm Yeah. I mean, for a lot of my students, they're freshmen. They were first semester freshmen coming into this. And I did, in fact, try to have class on campus at the start of the semester. Um, and I told them, I said, guys, we're going to try this for two weeks. We're going to see how many people show up. And then we will make a determination based off of that as far as how the rest of the semester is going to go because if i'm physically in that class space i'm required to have a mask on and i have to be teaching simultaneously to the people who are in the room and to those who are online with a barrier that's preventing my voice from getting through yeah. and i've even had multiple students tell me i rely on being able to read your lips for moments when the sound isn't great so for two weeks i I showed up on campus, I was in that class space, I did my thing, which in that specific context meant I sat at the desk and pulled up Zoom on my laptop to teach from the desk at the classroom rather than from the sofa on my, uh, in my apartment. Okay. <laughs> because for two weeks, three people showed up? And that's all total that's not three people each day we met that is three human bodies over the course of two weeks four class meetings other than myself were in that space and one of those was the same person who showed up on different days wow yeah
0: so two people two people
2: two people yeah at which point I said, guys, this isn't going to work. I've got people complaining about the fact that they can't hear me through the mask. They can't see my face. That's disruptive to them to having a good experience in class. They can't read my lips when their sound is struggling because I literally had students all over the world. Yeah. Just signing in for class. Um, it's like, we're not doing this. I love you guys. I will physically show up for you if I need to, but you're not showing up for me. And I said, and that's okay. I need you to take care of yourselves first. Right. But what that means is I'm not going to get up an hour earlier in the morning, hike my way across campus and then teach from an empty space where I have to have a mask on when I could just, you know, have that extra hour Yeah. at home in the morning and then teach from my sofa with no mask on. So you can actually hear me. Right. So, I tried to meet their needs, but it just didn't pan out as far as, like, in-person right. needs. But many of them told me they, they felt like they would have benefited from that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was heavy. <laughs> Murph, anything we want to talk about that I'm missing? Anything we're missing here? <laughs>
1: Oh, not that—not that I can think of. Uh, well, other than like, um, how many people did you know that were actually like, actually really sick?
2: Uh, as far as people I personally knew, none. Uh, we would occasionally get reports of you know how many people were sick. I did find it interesting that we never got reports on how many were hospitalized. How many of those cases were serious versus just simply tested positive and had few or no symptoms or recovered quickly? There was almost no actual data as to how that was playing out. Just X number of people had been diagnosed. Yeah. That's I'm
0: a useless
1: number. Yeah, I'm always curious to know just how many people... Because uh, I've known a few, I've known a few people that have like tested positive and actually mm-hmm. been pretty sick. Um, but most people just, I don't know, it just seems just like data. That's all mm-hmm. it seems like. It's yeah. not like you sick,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or is it just this is just a number that's being thrown at me. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the one person I know who did get severely sick also has uh, multiple other severe health concerns and was already sick with strep before covid so they were fighting multiple infections um multiple conflicting medications from other health issues someone who was already kind of in frail health yeah that's the one person i know who's been in my personal experience who's been severely ill with us and that's not someone who was connected to the school
1: yeah it's, another thing that maybe we could briefly talk about is just how like every single school is doing the exact same thing Mm-hmm. And if people are not, like, just horribly, horribly ill, mm-hmm. like, why why is every single school basically following lockstep? Like, uh, it yeah. is, if it's a competitive advantage to actually open up and have people at your school to get more people to flock there, like, why aren't people doing that? Like, uh, yeah. Say some yeah. stuff about that, Carson.
0: Well, I mean, just the way that, like, so I was at uh, the University of Memphis at the time, and Amber does not go there um thank you uh, yeah you're welcome you don't want to nobody wants to um (laughs) the uh the stuff that they were doing was happening at the same time like stuff going on where your brother goes to school um at harding was it was happening at the same time uh the people where amber goes to school were doing stuff like it's crazy. You expect things to happen at different times in different places because they're all making supposedly mm-hmm. decisions independently of one another, right?
1: Yeah, and they're making decisions for the profit or for the financial stability of the school ultimately. But yeah. if you're mm-hmm. doing stuff to just, like, for lack of a better word, screw yourself, like, yeah. where's this coming from?
0: Yeah, and why is it all happening at the exact same time? Mm-hmm. you have any thoughts on that? I do, actually. Please share them. <laughs>
2: So, it is my opinion that it is managing fear perception once the big-name institutions make the call. Especially the big-name institutions with the money and the funding and the publicity.
0: Like the CDC and whatnot?
2: Uh, schools. Oh, okay. Yeah, big yeah sorry.
1: like Harvard, Yale,
2: mm-hmm. Stanford,
1: yeah. Ivy League.
2: Yeah, once you Columbia see State them make a decision... And of course, it is uh, couched in terms of safety, protection, we love our students, therefore we're doing these things, Um, humanitarianism even to a certain extent, right? Um, Then you are going to quickly see everyone else fall in line. Because if that's what they're doing to protect their students, you cannot afford to not look like you are not willing to take the same steps to protect your student. Because, especially in this environment right now, who's going to pay to send their child to the school that doesn't look like they're going to protect them?
3: Ooh. All right. Whew.
2: I've actually put a fair bit of thought into this Whew. several months ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. Murph, I feel like you have some thoughts on
1: that. Buddy, would you like to Yeah, I got tons something? of thoughts. I mean, it seems like a giant PR stunt. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what it um, sounds like.
2: Yes, it is. I don't very know. much. not it, it makes relations. me wonder
1: how how independent all these uh, allegedly independent schools really are. If once one big domino falls, everybody else mm-hmm. uh, just falls in line, and, and nobody's got the backbone to just we're going to keep doing things as normally because we want to keep operating just from a purely financial situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. It it shows just how interconnected. Uh, the 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 psychological game is between all these mm. institutions.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. And even if, like, even if, in theory, all of these organizations, all of these schools are separate in theory, mm. the very fact that those dominoes fall right in line is, I think, proof of the fact that they're not independent, that they're all basing their actions off of one another, and that in and of itself, I think, clearly shows that there's more connection there than, I think, we either realize or would like to believe yeah, something is. else
1: is going on there you know mm-hmm. yeah it's it's, oh, it's freaky
2: well you're also operating off of the assumption that one of the functions one of the goals of a university and a university education is somehow to be to do to produce something separate and apart from right above beyond the stronger background or backbone to stand out right those are all kind of terms that were just used here in the last minute or so uh there is some truth to that but we also have to remember that one of the functions of secondary education of post-secondary education of all higher education is to create the right citizen Right. Okay. It's to create the, the, well, for most colleges and universities, not your like top tier Ivy League ones, right? But for most of your college and, uh, colleges and universities, it's to create the middle class citizen and replicate, reproduce middle class culture.
1: You were sounding, this sounds awful a lot like George Orwell's The Party it's very creepy what you how you said that but it's very true
2: (laughs) when you study uh 19th century british literature with a focus on education as kind of like your thematic focus it's amazing how many things i have read that were like so the actual purpose of education was not to do everything we thought it was it was to make people fit in more smoothly with middle-class yes. values and not to
1: disrupt them. Right. It's, it's, like, it's like you're not being taught, as this is a very general statement again, because mm-hmm. I make those, but you're not being taught like how to think mm-hmm. or how to think critically. You're being taught how to fit into the to the corporate uh, cogs mm-hmm. uh, so you can get a job when you get out of there. Mm-hmm. And that turns people uh, a lot into really just copies of each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's not that's in a lot, a lot of different fields it's not just like literature i Mm -hmm. mean yeah i mean carson you've experienced many fields like i'm sure you've seen that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've mentioned that on here i think once before where like i'm i I finished with a degree in health sciences among the thousands of majors i had Mm -hmm. and uh the last like two semesters of my coursework 99% Ninety-nine percent of it was focused on corporate structure, and I was—I mean, I remember being in class and being like, "What in the world are we doing here? This is idiotic." Yeah,
1: what does that have to do with health? Yeah. If I'm learning how to manage a manage insurance, right? Like there was a, there was a whole class designed really around like how to impress your
0: boss. That's basically what it boiled down to is how to communicate with your boss and how to you know manage the corporate structure such that you can convince people to promote you quicker. Mm-hmm. That was what the majority of the and that's a very mean way to describe the class. Like I'm sure I could come up with a nicer way to say it. But that's what the whole class was focused around in a health science program. This H L S C like forty five hundred was the was the like code for the class. It was a health science class. That's what it was for and that's what we talked about the whole time. It blew my mind. Mm -hmm. If that in and of itself is proof that this stuff isn't necessarily focused on your education, but on making sure, like you said, that we're producing the right kind of citizen. I don't know what
3: is.
2: Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely don't want to make a blanket statement that all teachers or all institutions are guilty of that. But on a broad scale, the the whole concept of college, the whole concept of university is, here's kind of what our ideal citizen looks like. What do they need to know to to fulfill that role? To make them into this concept, this, this perceived ideal citizen, what's going to get us there. And so, um, I've definitely had teachers who I've sat through their classes and I'm like, okay, so this is a passive learning, rote learning, spit it back out. Do not put your own opinion into it. And one of the things I learned as a college student myself in undergrad was figure out which teachers actually want me to have a critical opinion to say something different and and then learn which teachers say they want me to do that but then just want me to spit back out what i've heard in class. Right, yeah. So a lot of them will tell you like this is about, you know, i want you to think critically, i want you to do these things and stretch your wings and then you get your grade back.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: And sometimes yeah, you just screwed up like the bad grade is you a bad grade you earned right and then there are other times where i mean as a student there were times i knew what i did was correct and it was good there were other times i knew i screwed up but i knew what i did should have met the parameters of the assignment but i also knew it stepped outside of the general expectation or it challenged some of the ideas that were presented in class it didn't just spit it back out and the grade wasn't as good. So I quickly learned. Many of my teachers just want me to regurgitate facts. These are the few who really are the ones who are like, there are no right or wrong answers in this class. The only wrong answer is the one you can't explain. Loved those teachers.
1: Yeah, those are the ones you you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I was smart enough to make that differentiation when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, uh, quite honestly, I didn't care. But <laughs> by li- by looking back, like right. that's absolutely true. Is mm-hmm. that's the kind of that's the kind of experience you want if you're allegedly there to be educated? Yes. Because the only way to be educated is for you to think. Mhm. And if you're not thinking, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're just you're you're just going into massive debt for no reason.
2: Mhm. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was probably a little bit more prepared than most because I was going in as an education major who had been raised in a household by a teacher. And uh, in many ways, a very self-educated teacher because my older brother needed a lot of educational support early on. He's a very kinesthetic learner um he's learned to be a multimodal learner over the years he learns well now from reading um so we were involved in a household that was like okay we've got a kinesthetic learner on our hands he learns by touching by doing by being physically active let's face it the public school system is in no way conducive to that kind of learner so what do you do you either shrug your shoulders and say oh screw it kid's gonna struggle Or, like my parents did, you start learning what the heck that means to be a kinesthetic learner, and you start teaching your kid at home. And you get them engaged in learning how to learn. And that's the kind of environment I was raised in. And so when I went to college and decided, okay, I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna be a teacher. I'm gonna do a thing. I actually already had a lot of background information in my head for what worked and what didn't. And... I went to college at 18, just shy of 19 years old, and I'd been assisting in preschool since I was 14. I already had some practical hands-on things that would allow me to sit there and be like, that doesn't even make sense. Why would you say that? (laughs) So, you know.
0: All right. Guys, we are at an hour, two minutes. Um, What else? Y'all think of anything else we haven't touched on about the Corona college experience?
1: I mean, I guess the last thing we uh, could—sorry, talking to the mic, Robert. I guess the last thing we can—good job. (laughs) We can maybe discuss is, and we kind of we kind of talked about this a little bit, but Mm -hmm. when is it getting back to how it was? Yeah, like what is—is college going to be how it was, or is this online stuff here to stay? And and we can—I mean, you stop me if there's too much, but like even in a broader, even if in a broader sense, like when's this going to be? Like, is this online stuff going to go away, or is this part of life, is this part of humanity now? Because it seems to me like there's a huge push to it, they want it to stay. Or, or you know, society wants it to stay. Mm-hmm. Amber?
2: I think if, if they're able to hold it long enough, then we could potentially see that happen. Um, but you are talking about having to be able to hold it long enough for the younger generations who don't know what it means to be in a physical classroom, to have that tangible experience. So, I mean, you would, I think to, to fully push us out of a physical class space and class experience, you would be looking at nearly 10 years, right? Until the kindergartners and first graders of today are heading off to college and they don't know anything different enough to demand it.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point because mm-hmm. we ha- we still have, I mean, people can still remember mm-hmm. what it was like beforehand. Yeah. So that's and, an excellent point.
2: And once some sense of normalcy and comfort hopefully returns, people will begin to demand, I think, I hope, that physical, tangible, immersive experience again.
0: So let's let's say that that does happen. How long? I mean, how long? What, are we taking bets? <laughs> hey, we might as well. We've done that before on here.
2: Uh, oh gosh, I really hope I start to see some significant changes back to on-campus uh, teaching in the spring. I don't know that I will. I think a lot of the students and parents are still too nervous. The school is saying that... 60 70 plus percent of the classes will be on on campus in a physical setting in the spring and yet everything else that's happened so far tells me that's not going to happen because they said that for this semester too and it did not (laughs) happen yeah right so
0: when you think you think uh august
2: 2021
1: maybe all right carson we've got august 2021
0: oh we really what's your prediction I mean, I would, I would take a wild guess at August 2021. That would have been my first guess, just because mm-hmm. this spanning... I couldn't imagine what's going on going on at all right now, eight months ago. Like, if, if you had asked me if I would have been mm-hmm. kicked out of my classroom and, you know, moving in the middle of literally everything being shut down, I would have told you you were insane and to never talk to me again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I clearly don't know what's happening and and not qualified to take a wild guess i mean none of us are it it's fun to guess Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i would i'd take a guess at august 2021 just because we're already mid-semester people don't like changing a whole ton of stuff middle of the school Mm -hmm. year um so i mean at the earliest Mm -hmm. i would think i i hope for the sake of these little kids that need to be like need to be around each other and need to learn Mm -hmm. i hope for their sake august 2021
1: but Mm -hmm. we'll see murph yeah, I'd, pro- I'd probably mostly agree with that. I think the ma- the majority of, of it will be back to normal by August of 2021, but then you'll probably still have some online stuff. Mm-hmm. And I bet by 2024, it'll be completely back to normal. You think 2024, huh? Yep.
2: I mean, I can see that actually a c- couple of years before it truly looks like a normal college experience again.
0: That's great. That's just crazy.
2: Well, you have to remember that some of these students who are starting college this year, if it takes until August 2021 or even August 2022 for things to really start to get back to normal, at that point, they're going to be halfway through their college experience and they're going to have done it all online. They yeah. will have figured out their patterns, their rhythms. They'll probably have at least part-time jobs to help keep their sanity. And right. they may no longer be interested in the cost and, and the uh, debt that will increase debt that will be accrued by living away from home.
0: That's fair. That makes that yeah. makes sense. Can't argue with
1: that. Yeah, it's a changing landscape. And it is depressing, but it's also weirdly exciting. Exciting may not be the right word, but... It's it's interesting. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Man, I hear people say that all the time. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. People
0: keep talking about how, like, man, this sucks, but it's really exciting, too. And I'm like, is it really? Because I'm pretty depressed and pissed off right now. I don't know who's oh, excited about right. how you're staying <laughs> here's excited, a rant. But, but here's you a are rant. staying on edge. Yeah, I am on. I mean, I'm literally on the edge of my seat right now because I'm not tall enough to reach the <laughs> mic. But I don't have a, I don't have a choice about that, a do I? A lot of
2: folks will call that exciting.
0: Yay. <laughs> All right, guys, anything else we need to talk about before we wrap this up? Yeah, just a bunch of plugs. All right, guys, well, thank you for listening. Amber, thank you for doing this. I know you were a little reluctant, but I'm glad you came on. (laughs) Um, Folks, uh, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the socials. Um, That's right. Check out my blog. I will post there again one day. Have you Um, posted
1: since like the nine times we've talked about that?
0: I'm going to post a video here soon. I'm just working out the courage to actually do it. Okay. Um, so that's that's going to be coming. Uh, don't forget to check out FNX Fitness uh, yep. for all of your protein powder and supplement yep. needs. Protein powder. Uh, codes Veritas15, I believe. Yep. Um, so check out our Patreon and subscribe, Star. We'd that's love to right. see you there because we're poor. <laughs> Very poor. Um, I think that's about it. Mark, yeah. you got anything? Just Apple, Spotify. Apple, Spotify, yep. Google Play. Yeah, Google Play. Okay. Anywhere podcasts are sold. That's right. Sold. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, whatever. It's well, a, it's, whatever. A, it's an expression.
1: Whatever. Anywhere books are sold, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. All right. All right. What kind of uh, what kind <laughs> of machine are we going to stop today? Um, we're shutting down the assembly line. Oh, that's yeah. a new one. Yes, that's right. I just All thought of that. Guys,
0: well, thanks for listening. Uh, get excited. Episode 11 is coming up here that's in a right. couple of days. We're going to release that on Christmas, Christmas Day. Um, that one's going to be really good. You're going to want to tune into that. That one's going to have a little bit of something to do with episode 9. So episode 9 and 11 will be kind of tied together. Yes. So get excited about that. We're excited about that. Yes. And uh, we hope to be hearing from you soon.
3: Yep.